Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, Mm-mm. ambition, ambition, ambition. Mandra, we're twins again today with our gray shirts on. Hello. Yes. What? Well, I am phenomenal woman today. Who are you? I am Dreamcatcher, my Dreamcatcher t-shirt. <laughs> Don't you love that this whole t-shirts that say things is coming back? This was big in like the eighth grade, except- yes. My mom, I remember my dad would like get on to me for the shirts I would buy from like Kohl's. They were all on this big wall at Kohl's. And I think that my favorite one, which by the way, I can't, the, the, the irony of me wearing this shirt, but it was like, I only look sweet and innocent was my favorite one. And it had like little polka dots. There was some like. Yeah, innuendo. Problematic, very problematic innuendo in the teen section at Kohl's yes. circa 2001. Okay, yes. Honestly, I, I, I like the it. credit of Kalila Wright. She's amazing. So she's the owner of Mess in a Bottle. Have you heard of it? Of course I've heard of it. Well, yes. if you guys I are not your, I have your generational wealth budget needs to t-shirt. Okay. Yeah, we did like a collaboration together, but she's got a... Um, a great line called Mess in a Bottle. Follow it on social media. It literally mess in a bottle. But she honestly has some amazing t-shirts and saying she it's called Mess for Message that all of her t-shirts and totes have these amazing uh, messages and they're just funny, hilarious, but also like, ooh, so true. So go ahead and give Khalil a little shout out. Tell her Brown Ambition sent ya. Okay. Um, so I have some like, you know. I was like, let me, let's talk some smack today about what's going on. Yay, is it tea? Is it tea? (laughs) Well, it's not personal tea, but have you heard, I'm sure you've heard of the site OnlyFans, correct? Of course. Right? Sexy, you get, you get paid for doing sexy things. (laughs) Did Chris Chris Brown have one? Did I make that up? I don't know. No, he does. He does have one. So anyway. OnlyFans was known, for those of you who are like, ah, my Christian ears, for being like, um, basically this subscription site where you could follow folks and basically pay them for like stuff that they would put behind a paywall. Now, it didn't have to be like sex related things, but quite honestly, that's how they got known. A lot of sex workers, you know, went to OnlyFans and like, you know, and the truth is it provided a safe space because... Um, you know, one, you know, COVID was out and about. Two, you know, I'm, I'm sure as you guys know, being a sex worker is dangerous because someone could kill you, rape you, take advantage of you. Three, it allowed people to have ownership because there are some sex workers, unfortunately, that have people who feel like they have dominion over their bodies. 
you know, but here it was like, I get to decide in a safe space what I want to do or not do. So however you feel about sex work, I'm not here to judge one way or the other, but I'm just giving you guys the backstory. Now, OnlyFans really blew up as a result of sex workers and they've made millions. And some sex workers were making like six figures a month, you know, people paying like five, 10 bucks a month to see their feet or whatever, you know? And now OnlyFans and all their raggediness has decided that they gonna be KFC without chicken, Popeyes without the biscuit, <laughs> a black hairdresser without the weight. You already know what I'm talking about. I went natural because I couldn't wait no longer. But no, for real, that they are kicking <laughs> off. <laughs> w a i t. I was like, the weight you calling them? Fa- oh yeah, he says yeah. No, like the weight. You know, you're like, well, come at six a.m. Girl, you don't get into that seat until nine. Oh, we're just gonna put you under the dryer. <laughs> So, but I'll just say this that like, so what do you think about that, Mandy? And I've read it's because OnlyFans is like wanting obviously to get either access to additional capital and traditional capital feels very like, although I'm sure all those men with access to traditional capital is on OnlyFans getting a life, but you know, you didn't tell me what chicken was. We got caught up on the analogy. I said, I said chicken for, for like Popeye's without, no, I said, um, KFC without chicken, Popeye's without the biscuit. So they're getting rid of like. You can't put sexy stuff on it anymore? Yeah. They're kicking off. Oh. They said no more sex stuff. What? Yeah. So yeah. what do they want? So they want like Hilson, which I'm like, that's not what OnlyFans is. It's almost like going to Pornhub and be like, ooh, no, 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 no. No more porn here. Because they want to attract, I guess, um, more traditional means of capital, money. So I was just thinking, like, what do you think about that? They're letting this particular, uh, you know, um, segment of the population, sex workers build up their, their platform, like, like honestly Tumblr, right? So, so it's my understanding that Tumblr, I did not know this, but there was a huge, you know, adult component to Tumblr. Tumblr was sold to who, who bought Tumblr? I want to say Verizon. Yeah. Somebody bought, but then Yahoo Verizon for right Yahoo. for like a, for like a billion dollars. And then yeah. Yahoo was like, oh no, 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 no more sexy time. So as a result, everybody left Tumblr and then they sold it to Verizon for $3 million. Can you imagine buying something for a billion? So after kicking off, you know, um, the adult element. And so now OnlyFans is going to kick off their adult element. Do you think, one, that it's okay? And, and two, do you think they're going to be able to survive this? Because that's what they're known for. I mean, businesses are going to business no matter what. So it doesn't sound like it's illegal. It sounds shysty. And it sucks because I I read stories about how during the pandemic, especially when, you know, sex work just wasn't really as possible, it was even less safe. And on top of that, you know, uh, exotic dancers, strippers, you know, they were actually bringing in an income by building a fan base on OnlyFans. And for them, it was actually a way to make money. And yeah, I mean, judgment free zone, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as how they're making money. But it sucks. It, It definitely sucks. I wonder how like prescriptive they're going to be about what kind of content you know how on instagram basically anything but a nipple is okay Mm -hmm. i see i see some stuff on ig and i'm just like what is this who are you following (laughs) it seems like everyone's tits and ass are out now because that's like the look you know what i mean like celebrities and and influencers or whoever anyway it's it's like sex sells and and people are obsessed with building their there, I mean, you're not going to see any of that on Mandy Money. I'm sorry. I mean, you'll have to. Ooh. It's going to be a little bit better first. But um, so OnlyFans actually wrote a tweet on August 21st 
I'm like, is this real? It is. It says, dear sex workers, the OnlyFans community would not be what it is today without you. The policy change was necessary to secure banking and payment services to support you. We are working around the clock to come up with solutions. Yeah. Are they though? Because they already seem to like take the bank's money yes. and run. So people are like, so instead of dropping Visa and MasterCard, you chose to drop us, the people who put your platform on the map. You never promoted us. Only random fitness instructors and celebrities. We brought the traffic and you kicked us to the curb instead of standing up for us against the payment services platform. I'm like... Is it time for them to start their Patreon account? Like, I'm trying to think of other ways. Or get a substack. But it seems like sex is just... Sex and menstrual menstrual periods are like the two biggest Mm -hmm. taboos. It's like corporate America does not want to give any money to these two causes. It's It's a shame. A, a sex worker wrote, wrote, wrote like, all you super conservative people who wanted to get rid of, um, you know, like OnlyFans, now we're just going to have to have sex with your husbands again. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, sis, you had to do it like that, sis. She was like, what you think, who you think been supporting us? You know, like, and I'm just like, wow. And that, you know, it's what's so crazy to me. I remember like reading the stat or something. I was like watching a video where they were t- saying that, you know, as much as people pretend to be conservative in their outward lives, someone said that when um, uh, church conventions come to hotels, that they actually see a spike in pornography sales on like, you know, like, um, I don't know, <laughs> no, no. which no I mean, at right? all. <laughs> and so it's just really hypocritical, unfortunately. Like I said, I'm not here to judge what you do or how you do as a grown person with other grown people, you know, with that's consensual. But, yeah. you know, people love to judge and then they, you know, then you look at their, their history, their computer history and you're like, oh, wow, Sister Mary Clarence. <laughs> uh, I mean, it just, <laughs> Sister Mary Clarence, it just re, yeah, it just underlines and underscores why sex work is so dangerous because people will only admit that they, they pay for it or that it, it just, it, it lives in the margins and then they are. By doing this, they are, again, marginalizing the sex work. And even if the people running these VC firms and these financial institutions that are backing OnlyFans, they don't want to back them, you know, publicly. But I, I bet you people who work there would have no problem in the margins, you know, in the dark corners, taking advantage of, you know, women or, or other people who are offering these services or this content, you know what I mean, in a place that they wouldn't have any oversight and they'd be less safe in doing so. Mm. So just another step back for giving sex workers um, the protection, you know, and the visibility that makes their profession a little bit more safe. Yeah. Yeah. So and I thought that was just like, well, we'll see. We'll see if this is another Tumblr moment where if this, you know, if um, sex workers leave in mass and OnlyFans, if they're even able, because here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't start at OnlyFans. Like, you know, you and I talked about starting a Patreon for Brand Ambition, which we've done it. Y'all will see soon. Okay. But, you know, like, if we had, it never even occurred to me, well, oh, Mandy, we should start an OnlyFans for Brand Ambition. Like, you'd be like, what? Because I associate OnlyFans with sex work, which is fine. But I would say that's not a platform that, that, that Brand Ambition falls under. So I don't even know if they're going to be able to attract you know, like, and I don't know, I guess time will tell if they'll be able to attract enough traffic, new kind of traffic to not be Tumblr. So we'll, we shall see. I was just going to say, I was there when Yahoo bought Tumblr. Yeah. Ooh, that, was, that was Mandy's heyday. It was quite sad. <laughs> 
quite sad. Now, did you, have you heard of Broke Bobby? No. Ooh, girl. First, I'm, I'm barely on social now. I was just catching, girl. Okay. Let me, let me set, the, set the stage. So, youngish white dude, I think he's white, um, goes on TikTok and says, hey, guys, me and my friends created this spreadsheet to try to figure out if we can go on vacation. Here's what the spreadsheet looks like. It's a list of, I want to say, maybe like 20 friends. And mm-hmm. it says their name, their income, the highest paid mm-hmm. friend is, is $5 million a year. The lowest paid friend is $125,000 a year. Like they have paid time off. Um, if they're going to get maybe like any um, like bonuses, they also have, if they're willing to go to a third world country, um, if they are willing to pri- um, fly private, how much they're willing to spend on a one day vacation, um, um, a seven day vacation versus a three day vacation, um, if they have a significant other. So some I'm things- loving the organization. This is like, I wish my friend group had a friend like this. No, you don't. We're going to back it on up because this oh, okay. guy says, so the guy on here, um, I'm, I'm guessing he, his name is T. Cruz, and it looks like he's probably number uh, three on the list. He makes three million plus a year, right? The last guy on the list who makes $125,000 uh, a year, his name on here is Broke Bobby. That's what he called, that's what they call him. Because Broke Bobby makes $125,000 a year and key, 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 isn't that so funny because he's poor. Mm. And any one of their friends that, there's about <laughs> 10 friends that make a hun- under 100 and they call them the welfare 10. Because just when you're like, oh, uh, why does their income need to be on this spreadsheet? Exactly. Because they want to see whose penis is bigger, obviously. And they have to like self-report their, I have a lot of thoughts. I actually did see this. I didn't know that his name was Broke Bobby. I'm sorry. I saw something on this making its way across TikTok. I, first of all, pay transparency among friends. Cool. I'm kind of yeah. down with that. Me too. I think that's dope. I've always had, I always had that one friend who I would actually tell what I was earning to and vice versa. That's good. But no, not if you're going to make people feel bad for where they're at compared to you. I mean, Jesus Christ, Brooke Bobby needs some new friends unless they're going to pay for all of his vacations. And that's why he's friends with them. And case. so some people were like, wait, I'm, I make that. I'm the rich one in my friend room. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I think there's a, stati- a statistic yeah. that says like, you know, the average American makes like less than one quarter of what quote unquote broke Bobby is bringing in. And there's a lot of other problematic things like willing to go to a third world country. Like, what is that about? And then there was one interesting component where it was like they said, like, you know, are you single, married, girlfriend? One guy was 70% single, whatever that means. <laughs> I'm sure his girlfriend is thrilled. That it's- is this a joke? This <laughs> no. This like a joke. No. Why and did they I, pu- why did they publish it? I have so many questions. Yes. So I honestly, I think that obviously the guy who published it wanted to show, hey, look at me. I make $3 million a year. You know, Mm -hmm. and he later on came back on and said, oh, you guys are so sensitive. It's an inside joke. Now, here's the thing about inside jokes. They're meant for inside. TikTok is outside. And maybe Bobby doesn't want everybody to know all his business or even your friends for for people to know their business. Because some friends, you know, you have their real names on here, how much they make. And, you know, if they're in a relationship, you know, the person with the friend, the person in the 70% relationship with um with that person might be like, oh, wow. And so, I don't know. I think ranking your friend, it, it seemed less like, because here's the thing. To me, if it was really Mandy for like, hey, 
me, Mandy, you, and 10 of our friends were trying to decide on vacations every year, why can't you just say in the beginning of the year, here's my vacation budget? Now, yes, having knowing how much you make, whatever, is something that we might talk about, but to pretend like this sheet is to figure out if we can go on vacation, I don't need to know how much you make you know, if, if I'm just figuring out your vacation budget, you know, like you might it say, it doesn't even matter how much you make. It's more about yes. what's your cash flow, what's your exactly. net worth. Salary is not the whole story. We're, we're so obsessed with salary. Yes, we are. And it's just, and I just thought the fact that like calling somebody broke Bobby, it's just also too, it's like, are we quantifying how important our friends are to us? It seems like you get to be at the top of the rung if you make the most, but you might be like the worst friend. Or like the friend that's like, you know, least available or, you know, like Miserable. it just, yeah, you know, and I just was like, wow. So yeah, though. So Brooke Bobby is trending for all the wrong reasons. And it's just, I just thought like, oh, so the guy's name is, um, he's a real estate agent. His name is Tom Cruise. And I just think quite honestly, he wanted people to see how much he makes. And he said like, for example, he said if the, if the trip, and I get this, if there's going to be a trip that's going to cost, cost $10,000 and a friend only wanted to spend five, he wouldn't invite them, but you don't need all this back information in order to know that's just something to ask. Hey, this trip is going to cost five. Do you want to come? That's it. And then people can decide for themselves versus you trying to publicly shame them. So you can say, Hey, look at me. I make good money. Uh, I, this one goes out to all the broke Bobbies, the broke Brenda's, the broke, uh, Brandon's out there, but I, the dynamic in your friend group, and not even in friends group, but in family groups, when your income starts to surpass a certain, like starts to surpass what's normal in your group. I I mean, that can make things awkward. And I, I even like had posted about this recently. The more transparent I've become about my income, I have had people reach out to me, like even friends or just randos from the internet, which is fine, and ask, you know, aren't you worried about people knowing your net worth or how much you make or that you're successful and whatnot? And I, I guess I just made a decision that I'm not worried. And their, their insinuation is that once people know how much you make, they're just going to come and ask you for things, you know, ask for money. That has not been my situation at all. But even if it were, what what else is the money for if not to mm -hmm. create a comfortable life and to help others, you know, when I need it? Call me a dirty liberal socialist, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call me. But I'm not here to I'm not here to hide it as if there's only enough for me and there's not enough for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Like the whole the whole point, and I think what can be inspiring to 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 a way of looking at. So if you're the broke Bobby in your friend group, mm -hmm. instead of maybe comparing yourself and feeling down, look at it more as, okay, this is what's possible. And maybe I should ask so-and-so some questions about mm -hmm. how they approach their finances, how, they, or do they even, you know, you make $3 million a year. Uh, do you like your job? Are yeah. you happy? Those are the questions I'd be asking on top of that. You know, do you or maybe have are you guys hiring? Debt? Shoot. Cause if you're taking home 3 million, <laughs> yeah. you know, my assumption is your business is maybe making 20 million. You know? Yeah. And so you're right. I don't think inherently having a sheet or talking about your finances with your friends is a bad thing. I think using it as a way to shame and say, I am inherently better than you because I make more, that's not true. Yeah. That's just not true. You're not in, you know, because that was the tone. Like, oh, look at Broke Bobby. He can't go anywhere with us. He, he. And it's just like, that's your friend? That's your man to them? What did they call the others? The welfare? The welfare people? 10. Anybody who made less the than The welfare Bobby. 10. That's highly offensive to it anyone is. who's 
um, ever gotten public benefits because they're that's just stupid and offensive. I mean, this also reminds me of that um, that guy on TikTok who goes around to people's big mansions and yes. knocks on their door and yep. says, "Oh hi!" You know, first of all, he had to be white. There's no way because girl, on this channel. <laughs> girl, can you imagine knock knock? <laughs> Call the police! Like like the neighbors across the street, just like Call the little me. the little curtain moves, or no one ever comes. But anyway, he's a nice guy. I just want to know what you do for a living. Your home is so beautiful. And it bothers me so damn much. Mm. Uh, and I and it took me a while to realize why this series pissed me off so much. And it's just because it doesn't matter what kind of house you have. There are plenty of millionaires next door who do not have the spectacular mansions. And Girl, I wish I'm one. I, I yeah, I wish that he would knock on some regular ass people's homes and say, hey, what's your net worth? Or just knock on the mansion, you know, knock on the people's mansion and say, just wondering you know, what's your cash flow like? Are you, are you house poor? I know they're not going to tell, but it just gives this perception that, and still in America, like this idealization of like the home being the, like the trophy of all trophies Mm -hmm. for success and how so many people's version of success, you could have a millionaire living in a tiny home, you know, or a tree house in Mm -hmm. the, in the forest or whatever. Um, I just I don't like it because I feel like it does prol- proliferate that idea that wealth is homeownership and spectacular homeownership mm-hmm. is the way to wealth because that is just not the case. Yes, or that's a that's a that's a result of because I mean I guess I could have a mansion if I wanted it. I don't know that I'll ever live in a mansion. Certainly, this is probably not our final house, but maybe the next house, you know, and. The only thing different, I like the size of this house. It's 2,200 square feet, which is not huge. It's it's only three of us, and Alyssa's going to be going away to college soon. So it's going to be like two of us. So I don't want some huge space where I never see my husband. But my we went to a house this weekend, and their house was about the same size as ours, and they had a pool. And I was like, you know what? If if when we do get a next house, I would like a pool because the pool was really nice. It was in ground and it was salt water. I mean, it was just a regular pool, but she just switched it out for salt water. But I thought, hmm, because I grew up with a big backyard and I kind of miss that because we don't have a big backyard here with grass and stuff. And so ours is all paved. Um, and so that's probably like the next move because I think one of the reasons why I've been spending less time on social media. So if you've been following me lately, you know that like um, I've been doing lives when I feel like it, but at the at the suggestion of Dr. Green, my coach, and she's also a therapist, she said, you know, like, because I was just like, I just, I go on social media and then you see terrible things like someone's being killed or harassed or people are posting in ways. It's just not edifying to me anymore. It used to be so much fun, but it's not. But I told her I miss like teaching, you know, and lives where they're one of the main ways that I used to like teach. Like if I learned a lesson, I would teach it, whether it's a financial education lesson, a lesson in business. And she suggested, why not go live and then come off? And I tried, but I found myself like, you know, like, cause it's almost like, you know, it's that one bag of chips. So then I tried this, I go live and then I actually take the app off my phone. So I uninstall the app. So it, for me to go scroll again, I have to like go actively install it. And so that's helped tremendously. So I have found myself going live more and more. So I've been doing like, um, cause I get a lot of requests to, for people to um, mentor, for me to mentor people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have as much capacity, but during the lives, cause I don't save them to the, I just go live and I come off. I don't save them to the feed. During the lives, I've just been doing like mentorship and it's been so much fun where somebody will like, you know, send me a question about their, typically for me, most of my lives revolve around 
personal finance, and but largely business, you know? And I get to answer these questions that normally I would only, I have like about five mentees that I talk to on a weekly basis. And so I've just been really enjoying it. And that's been my way to kind of like protect my peace, but then doing something that I really enjoy, which is like this kind of like digital mentorship via lives. But then I get to jump off and like, you know, take my, you know, take myself off Instagram and let the team do what they do. Um, so yeah, I just, there has to be ways around figuring out how you get to show up for you. So you could be a millionaire and say, I don't want the big house. I, I feel like it's so hard for us to, because people, you know, we, we all kind of follow uh, the trends and sometimes it's really not to our benefit. You know, like I had to ask myself, okay, Tiffany, like you are legit. I always say baby millionaire, but I only say that because it makes me uncomfortable. But the truth is I'm not a baby millionaire. I'm just a millionaire millionaire, you know? And like, okay. And I don't necessarily want the big old house. And I'm like, is that wrong? I have like, like literally I was picking up a young woman from uh, the train station who wanted to be my mentee. And she said, what did she say? Cause my, my car is a 2000, I want to say 15 or 16 Lincoln MKZ. Right. Which by like your a, standards, it's a luxury. Yes. And so because she you was were like, driving glorified like, scrap metal before. <laughs> for real. But she was like, wow, you are so humble. I was like, what do you mean? She was like this car. I was like, meanwhile, <laughs> maybe I was like, I'm not she trying to have just said nothing. <laughs> A humble statement. I was like, but this car is cute though. It's sporty. You're called a budget nista. It's in your title. Okay. <laughs> but she really she thought frugal. I was making like a statement. <laughs> like, look at Tiffany, her little broke down core out here. And I was like, get out of my car. But um, no, but I, I want I what I'm wanting for everyone is to kind of decide for themselves how they want their life to go, despite what your bank account m- might say. You know, now if your bank account's holding you back. From living the life that you want, obviously you want to make a move there. But yeah, I just, and for me, it just, pulling off social media, it's it's helping me become more aware of how do you actually want to live, Tiffany, despite what your bank account might say? Like, how do you align that, you know? Mm. I discovered a very handy tool if you do not want to have to go through the trouble of deleting apps or whatnot. And if you have some amount of self-control um, on your iPhone, at least you can set a time limit for your apps. Mm. So I've now set a one hour TikTok and a one hour Instagram limit. And it is embarrassing to me how quickly I reach it. <laughs> for example, when I when I wake up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, and I can't go back to sleep, I usually get on TikTok. And then yesterday, it was like, it wasn't even daylight yet. And it's like, your limit has been reached for the day. Meanwhile, I know I had some TikToks or most later. <laughs> You're like, no! So you can, uh, how? I just really like extraction videos. But anyway, so that's a good hack. Um, mm. And it has saved me because my screen time between that and uh, Rio wanting to use my phone to watch TV all the time to watch Peppa. <laughs> Uh, my screen time was like seven hours a day. And I was like, <laughs> you know, he's going to have an accent now. You know, the, you, heard, you heard about all no, the kids. He's, that not. <laughs> he's not, but we will because we go around the house just yelling, daddy peg, can you take out the garbage? I love I'm just like, uh, who am like my I? Niece, I'm always like, are you Canadian? Because Amelia, my niece who's four, her accent is like, what are you watching? So my sister calls it Ratchet Baby TV. She's like, Amelia likes Ratchet Baby TV. I'm like, what is Ratchet Baby TV? So apparently there's like reality shows, but for babies who like, you know, like, so she likes to watch like, like, you know, like if you're watching Real Housewives, it's like grown women doing grown women things. So she will 
there are shows where kids who are her, her age play with toys and interact with each other, that they're four and five. Oh, right, yeah. And so she doesn't, like Roman, her brother, who's six, likes to watch educational TV. But she's like, no, I want to see these kids play with these toys. Oh, look at them in the pool. Okay, Splash. Okay, so yeah. I call it Ratchet Baby TV. I'm like, Amelia, you need to learn something. She's like, I want to see my friends. <laughs> but yeah, oh, but no, God. it's just really like, yeah, it's it's interesting how, you know, sometimes you can wake up and find that you might not be living actually your life, just someone else's idea of life and, and resetting because social media really almost encourages that. And so whatever your tools are, whether it's your off social media, for the most part, you have that timer. Like Mandy said, I wonder if there's a timer. Y'all let us know. Is there a timer like that for um Androids? I wonder if there is. TikTok itself has a timer function. Really? In the app. Yeah, in the settings. You can, um, mm. and they also, not that I know, but um, if you're scrolling <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning, they actually will still, one of the videos you get will eventually be, hey, you, don't worry, those videos will be there tomorrow. Why don't no. you go to bed? Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> I know you're like, <gasps> yes. And I'm like, let me touch You're right. Let me Good just night, jump TikTok. <laughs> just, just one more extraction video. One more pimple popper. <laughs> Yo, what I'm is it about pimple popper? I'm not gonna lie. We I love those. can. Don't get me started, okay? We only have so much time for this show. <laughs> I love extraction videos. I'm not gonna lie. But I. I am obsessed. There's something so satisfying about the really good ones. Yes. And Dr. Pimple Popper She's the best. from TLC. I know, but she doesn't update fast enough. So I need. <laughs> I go to like. I go to like the discount section of TikTok no, for like, just to get my fix. I'm like, so gross. I'm just like, what are you doing? Where are your gloves? Where's your tools? I'm like, yeah. oh, but yeah, no, I don't. That is so strange that people like are obsessed. You would never know. Social media has brought like remember, remember ASMR. No one knew. And then social media brought that to the forefront. Like, yo, there are people who that sound, all of that makes them. Yeah. I start fiending for it around midnight if I'm still awake. I'm just like, let me get, (laughs) let me see a couple ingrown hairs real quick. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that, that's what we make the transition to a brown boosting and breaking. Okay. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay. It's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show 
will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash brown ambition. Just go to indeed.com slash brown ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash brown ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire, you need Indeed. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Now it's time to boost or break, or boost or break, or boost or break, or boost or break. For those of you who don't know, Mandy has like real rhythm, okay? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. She got, I also did, I saw you dancing on TikTok. I said, oh, that's right, Mandy. Show them that you hear the beat, you feel the beat, you move to the beat, okay? Tell me you did Zumba all through college without telling me. <laughs> yeah, no, I have like, the rhythm of like a nice, like a your, you know, sixty year old aunt at a. No, no, you about, got good yeah. rhythm. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that to yourself. You got good rhythm. I said, look at me, job. So um, thank you. I accept. <laughs> are we gonna boost? Or are you going to break on today? I would like to do a boost and a break, please. <laughs> See what you got me doing now. <laughs> all right, Peppa. Come on, Peps. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. I cannot even. Oh, my God. My cousin's going to give me so much shit for that because, oh, we're just like, we can't become these people. Anyway, I want to do a boost first and okay. foremost because we're on the TikTok theme. I have got to boost my favorite TikToker, Alexis Nicole, the okay. black female forager on TikTok. Ooh, this I've heard of woman, she is she is a she is a gift to the universe i cannot wait for her cooking show on netflix i'm going to manifest it for her mm. but she will she literally i mean and first of all she's just entertaining as hell because she runs out into nature or her backyard or your backyard or these random street corners and finds edible food finds edible plants plants fungi all this stuff and flowers and whatnot and she comes back and she does like a mini cooking show and she'll cook something like a, a plant cracker or like a seaweed cracker or whatever. But she is so entertaining and so full of life and energy and just joy. And what I love most about her is that I was I was I took Rio on a on a bike ride the other day. I just, you know, down this just regular bike path near our house. And I was so happy being on a bike with my son for one thing. But I was looking at these weeds and these like things growing and I'm like, oh, is that it? Is that Queen Anne's lace? I could make some fried cauliflower, you know, substitute with that, you know, or I I, I, I'm seeing, you know, even just on my walk, she's making me look and enjoy nature in a way that I hadn't been doing it so far. So she's truly educating Alexis Nicole. If you don't follow her, she's on she TikTok. An and she's... I wonder if she has an Insta too, because I feel like I've seen her. 
probably I feel like everyone kind of reposts stuff from yeah. TikTok on Insta, but mm-hmm. TikTok is where she lives, and she's so funny and smart. Mm. And uh, the New York Times had featured her recently in a story about the, like the resurgence of foraging and yes. and all that. Yeah, love it, love it. Go love ahead. It. And then just a quick breaky break because I struck a bit of a chord. When uh, I was pitching, and so I'm a Yahoo Finance contributor now. Oh, I mean, look not at to you sneak back. another, not to sneak another boost in there, but um, <laughs> I, I was pitching ideas because now I'm going to be writing an article that I want to write, which is so exciting. So topics that I like, and then also appearing on um, their Yahoo Finance Live segment once a week. And anyway, when I was pitching ideas, struck a little bit of a chord this week because people still are hung up on this myth that job hopping, switching jobs is going to make you unemployable. And that recruiters will look at your resume and be like, ooh, I don't know, five jobs in 10 years, can't trust this one, she's shifty. And I'm excited to do this story because I'm ready to bust this myth wide open, wide open. I have had seven jobs in 10 years, seven. And I have not, I haven't quit all of them. I quit most of them. I was laid off once that sucked. Um, But you definitely can job hop. And what I'm trying to get a, what I'm trying to get across is that one, Corporate America would love, or not any, I mean, just anyone who relies on employees for their work, nonprofits, small business, big corporations, they would love if we believe this, because it means that we'll be reliable and we're going to stick around. So I'm not, and first of all, as a hiring manager who hired dozens of people and used to run a team, I get it. It sucks when people quit and you have to go and do the work of recruiting all over again. That is part and parcel with being a manager um, and having a business. But from the employee's perspective, it is so important to job hop, not just because you have you stand to earn such big pay raises when you job from when you jump from one job to the next, but you have to put your career ambitions and your career goals first. And if you are not getting what you need from a job, you shouldn't let this idea that a future hiring manager may worry about you leaving a job keep you in a bad situation, not getting the, you know, not getting the investment in your career and your skills that you need, working in a toxic environment, you know, working in a place where you don't feel accepted or your ideas, you know, are not appreciated. You need to get out of there. The key The key is, so if you're a hiring manager, and and I'm not going to say that I didn't look at a resume when I was hiring, and maybe Tiffany, you have too, and see, you know, okay, so many jobs, you were there for six months here, nine months there. I might ask what happened because I'm interested, but you need to be prepared to have a true, honest story of why you left. And I think that telling that story is what is going to help you remove any little, you know, whisper of doubt that could be in the recruiter's mind. If you don't have a good, honest, compelling story, if it's just, "Eh, I didn't really like it that much, or, you know, I wasn't sure, I don't really want to do that anymore. Like, if you're wishy-washy, that in and of itself would turn me off as a hiring manager. But if you were very confident and you said, oh, okay, well, in that one job, I was really excited to try this new skill set. And I was told that wasn't something that I could do in my existing role. So I had to pivot and move to a new company. Or, you know, in this particular role, I was up for a promotion, I was passed over for XYZ reasons. So I'm really looking to take the next, you know, look for a new career challenge. So like, tell a compelling, honest story. And that whole myth that you're going to be, you know, penalized or, you know, your resume is just going to be pushed to the bottom of the pile because you you moved around a lot. It's just, it's, it's, it's basura. 
basura, basura. Or bo honky, you know, as we say down south. You know who you should look up, look, uh, look to? Like, um, so I remember Adweek tried to cover for Bozema St. John. She's the CMO uh, of Netflix. And that's Netflix. my home girl. Hey, Bose. I know we got to do our live soon, girl. I won't forget. I haven't forgotten. So um, Adweek had a shady clickbait title talking about Bozema St. John, new, new CMO of Netflix. The woman that can't stay in place or something like that. Because she's had four jobs, I think, in like five years or something to that effect. And I was like, when I love how the black women contingency rose up, was like, mm. not on today, will you come for Bose? <laughs> not Bose. She's one of the sweetest, yeah. kindest, most genuine people, despite all that she's accomplished that I've ever met. And so, yeah, they dragged Adweek, banged them against the wall, and Adweek, you know, ended apologizing, um, ended up apologizing and, um, and like, re, I guess, rewording their terrible Headline. title of the article yeah and so yeah. but yeah she's a great one to watch because you see as she i mean she's worked everywhere from uber as cmo from endeavor endeavor is a huge a um huge uh what is those companies called that represent like celebrities like publicist no agency agency yeah it's like but like huge celebrities are at endeavor um she also came from apple where she really blew up as a result because she she spoke on stage at Apple like during one of their like launches whatever and she I think she was like with Apple Music in particular but Bozema is amazing and you see some of the major companies that she's come from and she's hopped because people have requested her presence because at that level you're not applying randomly they're literally tapping you on your shoulder say please come here we have a coin that we'd like to give you because in exchange for your brilliance so. Yeah, that's just, I think, uh, I, I can't wait to read it, and I can't wait to see you on Yahoo, yeah. Yahoo. Hey. Look at you back. <laughs> Wednesdays at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love but that. But yes, I love that example, too, because just real quick, like, the point that you made, tell that as part of your story. Oh, yeah, I've been really fortunate to get so many great opportunities because of my particular set of skill sets. I mean, that is ultimately why I switched jobs seven times in 10 years. And there's no shame in that. Just tell the truth and say it with your chest. Like, just be confident, you know, be confident in your story. Make like they won't challenge you on it. I promise you. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. So my boost is like, just really like, it's kind of light. So I have been really enjoying mentorship. It was so crazy because when I came back from my six weeks off, the hiatus, if you will, I remember one of the things I like, um, Dr. Dr. Green had me write down kind of like, what is my ideal kind of like week and day and stuff look like? And I said, I would really like to take on more mentees. I just don't have the time, you know, like I would really like to teach more. I just don't have the time. And she was like, Hmm, I don't believe that. And so I started to really look at my schedule and, and make them make changes. And as a result, I really do have Wednesdays light where I don't take any phone calls or any, any, um, no interviews, no nothing on Wednesdays, no meetings and Fridays off, but I can use those days to do whatever it is that I want. And I found myself, so I started off pre hiatus with three, three core mentees. And now I've got like an additional three and I'm like, I thought I didn't have the time, but that just was not true. And when I tell you I'm enjoying myself so much, Mandy, like I just, like my mentees don't put anything to my pocket. I just love seeing like them do well. So I love being not just a mentor, but also a sponsor. So a, sp a mentor is I'm here to give you advice. Ideally, you want a mentor that's maybe 10 steps ahead of you. And they're like, ooh, child, been there, done that. Ooh, don't do that, don't do that. You know, like, or like, you know, here's some advice. Here's what I think. I, right before... 
you know, taping today. That's why I was a little bit running a little late. I was just wrapping up with my mentee because she was letting me know that she had to let go of somebody on her team and she didn't want to do it. And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. You know, like you don't have to let her go. It's only going to get worse, but you ain't got to let her go sis. But you, sometimes you just got to learn And She was like, hold up. It's going to get worse than this. I was like much worse. How, ask me you how I know. Psychology. Yes. But also, cause I know, because I know what it's like to need to let someone go and let them stay for months, if not years, and that for it to get really terrible and toxic. And so um, we were just, I was just telling her that just really proud of her because she finally made the move, but in a way that was kind. So anyway, like I realizing how much I love that. And even like one day when I no longer work as budgetista or whatever, I would really love to create some sort of fund or whatever that doesn't just give you money, but also gives you guidance. And so in the meantime, that's what I've been focusing my IG lives on is that it's just me being a mentor. We talk a little personal finance, but mostly talking about business and how you as a woman can navigate. Like today, the the, the talk was um, why you should build a community before you build a business. And like, what does that mean? And how do you do so? So it's just been really like, I don't know, my boost is just like being able to show up the way I'm wanting this new mentorship that I'm doing, like for like the masses. Oh, it's called that mentor for the masses. <laughs> Mentor for the masses. And um, how many are you going to accept into your new mentorship program? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not doing masses. mentorship. Yeah, no, I'm like, no, we're not doing That's masses. Like, but what I am doing. Where can we apply, Tiffany? I know. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want, I still got budget. You were just giving business. me so much crap for my free career coaching <laughs> <laughs> sign up form. I'm like, I but. do not want it. That's why I do it live. But I will say that, like, I use this, um, I'm sure you've heard of like the community app. Um, and so if you're like, so, cause people are like, sometimes you go live, Tiffany, how am I supposed to know? I'm like, I don't even know when I'm going to go live, but I have been just texting, Hey, I'm going live. And so if ever you're like, I want a free mentoring, we should, we, do we use community? Um, uh, Mandy, what do we, we use for? Do we not. We should look into it. Um, because it's just a great way to let people know, like, um, it's like, and this is for anyone listening. This is like a great tool. Um, they don't, they're not paying us, but I just like the tool because it allows me to say, literally all I use community for is to say, Hey, I'm about to go live right now. There are like 400 people, you know, who have texted me. The number is 908-373-8334. You text live to that. And that just lets me know that every time Excuse I go live. Excuse me. How do you remember that? But not our email address. <laughs> I know. Because I've been saying it so much before we got on. I was like, nine, seven, nine, I call BS. <laughs> and okay. so I'm just like, um, but I now I put my text message too in all of my, like my Instagram, like bio, my Facebook bio, my Twitter bio, but I've just been really enjoying it. And it just feels so great because it just feels nice to do something just to do something, not for some like um, desired outcome because the desired outcome literally is the thing itself. And so I think I feel like, you know, to be reconnected back to that, then like just to do a thing because it's enjoyable to do a thing, not because there's anything on the back end to gain other than this is fun. Although I'm not going to lie, I've been, even though I tell people this is mentoring, this is it. I'm getting way more requests for one-on-one mentorship. And I'm like, oh, y'all was supposed to leave me alone and just watch the live. Just watch the well, live. <laughs> all right, Until next week. Is this episode 280? I love a round number. Hope y'all enjoyed. Stay brown. Check us out. Stay brown. <laughs> Check us out on the social. Share with a friend. Oh, and there was someone I needed to shout out because he said that his friend listens to the show. Okay. She doesn't have Instagram. Wait a second. I have to find this. Oh, yes, maybe please Sarah do. had seen it because it was so sweet. It was a guy and he said, mm-hmm. my friend put me on, but she doesn't have Instagram. 
I want to say her name was Bridget. Ah, let's just go with Bridget for now, and I will find it, and I will (laughs) shout her out next week if it's not Bridget. All right, well, Bridget for now. Yes, thank you for listening, Bridget, for now putting your friends on too. Remember, we always ask you to share it with three people. Literally, take the link and text it to your friends and say, you've got to listen. I got my whole life this episode. So Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Until next week. Well, really, until QA, BA, BA, QA on Friday. We'll until, see you there too. Until Friday. We'll see you Friday. <laughs> bye bye. Ta-ta. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.